everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi everyone, Larissa Russell of Creative You, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me Melva Gazowski. Melva was part of our second annual Loving Healing Creating Summit we ran in February and shared with us finding order in your life as a form of creativity. You can still get access to the summit at www.creativeyouhealing.com. So Malva is an international business trainer, coach, and speaker for corporate soft HR skills. She is an international best-selling author and summit host. She's also a parenting coach and couples counselor working with parents and couples from all walks of life, implementing the positive parenting approach to build closeness in the family. She is the creator of Coaching Mother and All, a community of support for couples and parents in their journey of building positive relationships at home and at work. Melva's passion is to make the world a better place through communication and creating a successful business while being a fulfilled parent and happy couple. So welcome, Melva. Oh, I thank you so very much for the wonderful introduction and for having me as a guest. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to have you here. Uh, we've done a few projects together, in, including becoming international best-selling authors together. So um, I, I love working with you. So that's, I'm to so To be excited. honest, so do I. And it's not because we're kind of trying to um, be super nice to each other, but I really do enjoy <laughs> working with you. And so um, thank you again for the, for the invitation and I'm for many more to come in the future. Yes, Absolutely. So can you share some of your story and your path that's brought you here? You know what? I have been an independent girl and young woman and now a mature woman all my life. And it has been a journey to the people around me. Uh, And it has been a journey for myself as well to understand when it is the right time to be that strong and to bend it. I'll do it myself. If you want something done, you better do it yourself type of person. And when it is time to work on yourself, to let some things go. And that is where a lot of the, let's say the drawbacks and the positivities come with working with me because I like organizing things. I like making sure that the the trainings that I organize for corporations are uh, gold plated almost so because I I want to make sure that the people that are investing either their finances or their time by by, um, learning with me, they get the best that I can give them and the best for their time invested. So it is a lot of back end office work, but that's how I roll. I wouldn't have it any other way. So that is how I come came about to be um, international um, business trainer and international coach, coach for the business sector. And having said that, because I am a perfectionist at heart, I also wanted to have a big family. So I've got three kids. So I needed to know 
for myself, how do I organize my life in such a way to understand the development of the kids, to understand the, let's say, dynamic of a family, to understand the dynamic of a couple? So I call my own family my little experiment because I have two masters, two bachelors, and one postgraduate degree plus other certificates all under the umbrella of making sure that we're fulfilled both at work and at home. And that's what I am. (laughs) (laughs) You you took like parenting and coupling and relationships like to the next level where you just were like, I am going, you know, that super A personality that I know you are, you are going to do it well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I don't expect everyone to do it as they, as I work or, but I have gone through the thick and the thin with my perfectionism and organization and getting deep into, let's say, a child psychology. So when my child was um, born, before he was born, I went into and studied child development and I went to study, you know, all right, so he's at the six month age and I read every single book about the child development and neuroscience connected with six months and so on and so forth. And now I want to take that knowledge let's say in that parenting aspect, take that knowledge and share it with the people and say, you know what, theory says one thing, practice says another thing, or how can I make the theory more practical in order to implement it in my family when it comes to parenting? And I believe that a lot of people feel lost with everything that's out there. I believe there's too much content out there and not a lot of, not a lot of filters for, let's say, analytical and critical thinking. That is one of the, the training sessions that I run within big international corporations. They hire me to do like a week-long training for their project managers about analytical and critical thinking because a lot of the people have had or have learned through many years that whatever is aired on TV, let's say, or in the radio is something that has been checked because in the past, that is exactly what had happened. So newspapers were written and there was one a newspaper per week or even one monthly newspaper. And now, you know, people have news articles like 30 seconds after the event has finished. And so sometimes the the news or the facts or quote unquote facts that are shared there are not really factual. They're just kind of misconceptions or allegations or um, a certain interpretation of a fact that just sells well. So a lot of the, the people that are in the corporate world, they don't know how to analyze or how to think critically about the materials that they have. And for companies that run international and, and multi-million dollar projects, they need someone who knows how to analyze is what I have in front of me critical or is it something to be eliminated, right? So having said that, using also that knowledge for the parenting, I kind of eliminated some of the things that overwhelm the parents that I work with in order to show them this is what works, this is what doesn't work, here's why. Um, And I try to make sure that it's fits their families, just like I make sure that the trainings that I give for the corporations, that they fit the corporations exactly to what they expect or what they want. Yes. And it's so true, like, especially as a parent, I mean, relationships are hard enough, but especially as a parent, um, you know, to know what's the best way because every child is different, every situation is different, and then you're second guessing yourself. So if you've done the research, coming to you to like sort of ask some questions and that sort of thing makes perfect sense. Uh, perfect sense. So 
what does healing with creativity mean to you? A lot of the times when I was younger, so let's say 15, 13, I really liked to have chaos in my life. Like any teenager, my room was a mess. Like God help me, like everything was everywhere. But I found that I could find everything. It was my kind of mess. So it wasn't the type of mess that my dad wanted. And there was a moment where I, I even got a note from him. If you don't clean your room, I'll never enter your room. And I said like, oh my God, success. I'm not cleaning my room. So that was a counterproductive note uh, all, for all the parents out there. But I did find that I really liked my chaos. And that is when I thrived. Now, Surprisingly, the older I got, the more organized I got. And I found that without that organization, I felt overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities of being a mom of three, of having a husband, of having a career that is, let's say, time zone sensitive in one hand, because sometimes I wake up at two in the morning and, you know, I say that I put a face on and I conduct a training session online because my customers are far, far away in different time zones. So I have to accommodate to their to their wishes. And so having having said that, the less organized I was, the more anxious I was. So I've started to find ways to organize my life in a way to calm my anxiety. And the moment I calm the anxiety of, oh my goodness, I feel too overwhelmed, but then I organized everything. And that is when I kind of switched into, oh my goodness, okay, when I'm organized, I feel that I'm more creative. And when I'm more creative, there is this mess in front of me that I later kind of puzzle together and organize it. And then ta-da, I have a program or a project that I'm working on. So very often when there are new training sessions or workshops that I need to conduct. I have 150 ideas in my head and I jot them down and I puzzle them together. And then I think, okay, this is good. This is bad. This is not okay. This is what's going to fit. Why am I doing this? And I ask a million and two questions. And in that chaos or from this brainstorming storm that I have, all of a sudden everything is organized in such a way that it's a creative new project that I have, whatever it may be, it may be, you know, for my corporations, or it may be art with my kids, or it may be even cleaning the cupboards. Like when I clean the kitchen cupboards, everything is out. And, you know, someone walks in is like, oh my goodness, what tornado hit here, but you give me, give me time and then everything will be uh, organized. So that is exactly what creativity is to me. Find whatever makes you comfortable in the disorganized chaos where you can thrive and be creative. Like I gave you an example when I was young or when I'm older, when you need to organize something in order to up the possibility of your creativity. So your brain is not looking at everything and your eyes are not looking at everything that is disorganized. And it has like, let's say a blockage or, or a, a disability to go into the higher a way of thinking of trying to be creative, whatever the case may be, my goal is to share with people, find whatever makes you comfortable. If it's a mess and that's when you think, well, all right, great, work with that. If it's being organized, you know, having your crayons sharpened in the rainbow, in the colors of the rainbow, and that is when you think, that is how you should work. So very often, there was this stereotype that creative people were completely disorganized and that was the only way of being creative. I'd like to kind of change that stereotype. <laughs> yes. 
Absolutely. It, and it's so true. I find that um, there is that misconception of that chaos around creativity. And I think to a certain degree, there is. But that doesn't mean you have to work in chaos. It doesn't mean you have to create in chaos, right? You might have to think in chaos for a little bit just to, to refine something, but not necessarily work in chaos. I work much better when I have a clean space. And um, it's not always happens, but I do work much better when it does. <laughs> Very true. I always laugh that I I think... Um, let's say, I thank God that I first had a Doberman. My, my Doberman was my dog. He was 52 kilos. So he was a huge dog, more or less my weight at the time, uh, because he made a mess out of everything. And at the time when I got him, I had my clothes and all items of clothing color-coded and organized. And he was a puppy. So although he was big, he was a puppy. He would just kind of learn to open the closets and he would take everything out of my closet. So every day I would organize that. And after a few months, I was like, all right, it's going to be a mess. So first I had my dog and then I had my kids who kind of test my, my level of, is it already messy or can it still be this this organized and will pretend that this is creative chaos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what would you say inspires you in the work you do? Development. And it is one word that I believe very strongly in. I do believe in lifelong learning, no matter how old or how young. I like to create in people the passion of learning to show them that whatever they're learning, because I also homeschool my kids. So I kind of assist them in the way that they um, learn different things. So it doesn't matter what you learn. Find the purpose of the development in that area. If you have to attend a training session where your corporation is um, delegating you or forcing you to go find something for yourself. The moment you find something for yourself, the moment you find your reason for doing something, the, the time flows differently. And then all of a sudden you realize, okay, maybe just maybe I can take a few, let's say percentage uh, of some percent of the, of the, the, the knowledge that's there, or even just a thought to inspire me to better myself. And the same thing happens when it, when it comes to the parenting and the relationship, what can I do? I personally, what can I do to make the world, by world, I mean even my own relationship or even my own home or even my home, own family. What can I do personally to make the world a better place? And that it is too, in my opinion, development. So in one word, development is something that inspires me. And I try to show development to other people as a way to better themselves. And that doesn't really mean that you always have to learn uh, from and be book smart. Sometimes you just got to learn to be street smart. And sometimes you just have to learn to develop relationships with people. And that too is development. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what creative healing modality do you use the most for yourself? Order. <laughs> <laughs> currently order because I have so many projects that I'm working on and from someone's 
perspective, like from the back end office, someone will think, oh my goodness, it is such a mess. Because when I'm working on three projects and I have, let's say, 15 tabs open and every tab is for a different project. And because there is rendering and there is processing in, in, in online education where you need to render a video and then process the upload and then you have to wait until you embed it and so on and so forth. And it takes time and I don't like wasting time. So sometimes I have a few projects, you know, happening and my computer is it's it's fast, but not as fast as I am. Sometimes it just takes a little bit. So in this chaos, there is order on a sheet of paper where I'm ticking everything off because without that, it, it would be just a web or a yarn, uh, a ball of yarn with uh, lack of organization. So I do believe that, again, order is where I thrive right now. <laughs> I like that. I think we have a lot in common, although I have to say I have relaxed considerably than where I was, you know, years ago. And okay. um, I also have a few years on you. So, you know, I'll get there. I'll give me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my kids are growing and gone. It's so much easier to be relaxed when you don't have, you know, family and, and kids to be somewhere and schooling and, you know, all of that. So I totally right. understand. Right. So what would you say you are the proudest of in your life? Well, when we speak about kids, I'm the proudest of my kids, right? I'm I'm a mama bear. Like you, you can say nothing about my kids that is going to be negative because I love my kids. Of course, I know like every kid that we they have their um, their areas of glow and then areas where they still have to grow. But yeah, I'm most proud of my kids. It's been a it's been it's been hard because me personally uh, getting pregnant was, was easy, but holding on to the pregnancies wasn't easy. So the fact that I, my body was able to do it, thanks to the doctors that I had, um, I always dreamt of being a mom. So that is something that I'm most proud of work-wise. I'm most proud of the fact that although I know that I'm doing my job well, uh, I still believe that maybe I'll think creatively to make that a little bit better. And so having that drive to, to find my own passion, even in Monday things. So currently I am running um, an online training academy for course creators and workshop creators for the online space. And this is the sixth edition that I'm starting um, in January. And having said that, every single edition, I'm thinking, what can I do to find more passion in this for myself so it's not mundane, but at the same time to show the people that what the project that they're in, it's going to not only teach them, but it's going to uh, show them a different way of thinking. And just recently, I ended one of those um, one of those um, courses and the lady said to me that was the best investment of time because a corporation paid for it so she didn't have to pay for it but that was the best investment of time when it comes to my self-development for creativity and cre and making things that I could ever have thought of and she was 50-ish so she had some years, let's say, of experience in the corporate world and being a person that develops. So that was, let's say, an awesome a compliment for me. But it also showed me that the way I'm thinking of trying to be contagious with the passion that I have for my work and to show people that they too can create their passion by finding their purpose uh, in whatever area of life is something that um, makes me proud. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love, you know, and I say this all the time, but when 
the people I work with have those aha moments or they have something that sparks them, that just makes everything worth it to me. So I, you know, to hear that, it's just like, yeah, that's exactly it. That's something to be proud of. Right. Yeah. So if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would that be? Kindness. I believe that there's not enough kindness. Uh, yes, the people say be kind. There's, there's, there are things like mindfulness and kindfulness and that movement is amazing, but it, there, it's still not enough. People on the conscious level know that you'll get ahead in life if you're kind. But there is a group of people who mistake my kindness for my weakness. And that still is something that they think will get them ahead if they abuse the kindness of someone else or they don't show kindness. So for the betterment of any society, no matter how big or how microscopic, because I do believe a home is also a society that you need to take care of, um, kindness is going to get you much, much further with the development of a positive and strong relationship within your family, as well as a positive and strong relationship within, let's say, your neighborhood and then within the corporation that you work in or your or your job or your business, whatever you're doing. If you, if you ever ask yourself a question, is this out of kindness that I'm doing this or I'm saying this? And if the answer is no and you back out, make sure that you celebrate that success because that just shows me and everyone else around you that you did choose kindness over being unkind. Mm-hmm. I think that that is so important, especially right now, especially right. right now, but always. Yes. So have you ever struggled with imposter syndrome in your work? And if so, how have you gotten over it? I believe that this is something that I still have. It's not something that, in my opinion, you can get over because of the way that I think that I need to develop, I need to risk, I need to make sure that I'm better at something. I had to learn that progress is better than perfection, which means that if I'm not perfect at something, doing it for the first time, that means I have waited too long to do it. So there are moments of doubt, but that doesn't mean those moments of doubt stop me from going. I just kind of try, sometimes I need a pep talk or sometimes I need to say, well, I did my best, you know, let's give it a try. Um, let's, you know, maybe have a beta testing of whatever the, 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 the program might be, or maybe just give it to someone else so they can get a glance at it and give you some feedback. So, so I do have those moments in of doubt. I don't know if it's an imposter syndrome that stops me from doing anything, I'd say on the contrary, that moment of doubt shows me, all right, you're developing, you're, you're going on the path of betterment, and this is your risk that you're taking. So I'm happy that I'm there. I don't need to get rid of it because that if I get rid of it, that means I'm not developing. That means I'm not doing anything new. That means that I'm not doing anything that I don't know yet. And, and when I do get there where I know everything, I think it's going to be time to go, but I don't want to go. So I think I, I still have a lot to uh, to learn. And I believe that it's okay not to be perfect. And it's okay to feel not good enough if you're learning something. If you're not good enough in general and it's stopping you from doing everything, ask for help. Get a coach, get a mentor, get a psychotherapist, whatever the case may be or whatever your possibilities are, even just a friend. Ask someone to be there for you, to walk you through 
what I call the Watna, uh, Batna, and Mlatna in in the um, in the stress management and uh, imposter system area. Okay, so I know I said blah blah blah. What does that mean? So very often when we do negotiate agreements, um, there's a way of looking at agreements as the best alternative to negotiated agreement. So the Batna or the Watna, so the worst alternative to negotiated agreement, or Mlatna, which is most likely alternative to negotiated agreement. Taking all that knowledge from, you know, corporate negotiations and taking it into the inner negotiation that you have in your head. All right. So if I don't go into that new project because of my imposter system, what is the worst thing that can happen? And don't be realistic. Okay. What is the worst thing that can happen? And then think about the best thing that can happen. Again, don't be realistic. So for example, if I am having to uh, deliver a presentation in front of a group of peers and my boss, the worst thing that can happen is my pants slit, uh, split, right? When I try to bend to get a marker and then everyone's laughing at me and then I don't know what to say. And then the report that I had done is so bad that my boss stands up and says, you know what, to my office right now, you're fired. That's the worst thing that can happen. The best thing that can happen, I'll get a standing ovation. My boss will say, you know what? You are the best person that has ever created a presentation in our corporation. Your thought of your thought process is so innovative that we are going to name you the CEO of the company because of your strategic thinking. Okay, again, not being realistic. This is the best case uh, alternative. And then the most likely is always somewhere in the middle. Most likely people won't laugh at you they'll, you know, cross their fingers and hope for the best, even if you're not doing well. Most likely your boss won't give you a raise. So that's not what you're fighting for, right? You're just fighting to deliver the content that you have worked best on. And again, if you do think about the worst case scenario, you'll realize, okay, it could be worse. And if you think about the best case scenario, not being realistic, you'll laugh at the expectations. Again, prepare for the best, but expect the most likely. So having these tools will, I know that this is a very short way of describing these tools, but these tools will actually help you if you implement them to help you with the imposter syndrome, if you syndrome, if you have it, and it's stopping you from acting on your dreams or your purpose. I love that because it's so true, right? Like what is the worst thing that could happen? What is the best thing that could happen? And it's going to be something in, in the middle. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Melva, do you have a, an inspirational quote that you live by? Oh my goodness. I've got so many. <laughs> it depends on, actually it depends on the, the area of life depends on my mood at times and it depends on everything that I'm doing. But I do believe that, again, I'm going to be in this area that uh, progress is better than perfection. And if you are doing something perfectly and you've been doing it for the first time right now, that means you have done it too late. So these are the two things that get keep me going to improve in my corporation. And then when it comes to an inspirational quote within my family, I always say, what matters most? 
So if, for example, you know, there's a little bit of a squabbling happening between me and my own preteen, then I look at him. I'm like, okay, so what matters most? If I'm right, or it doesn't matter if that we connect. Is does it matter that I help you, or does it matter that I scream at you, or does it matter that your shoes are put correctly, or does it matter that you learn to be responsible? So I'm going to teach you the responsibility. So what matters most is isn't it's not really an inspirational quote but it's an inspirational opening to a different way of thinking i love that i love that absolutely so is there anything else you'd like to add that we maybe haven't discussed today that you think our listeners need to know uh believe in yourself i know that a lot of people don't in in these times because of the constant change and because of the 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 few months or year that has passed and it's been it's been difficult for some people to understand all of the disorganization and all of the chaos that is happening that they start doubting because what they had known before is not the case or might not be the case for them today and that is when people start doubting themselves and doubting you know, what was all this for? Or, you know, this is what I've known all of my life. How can I pivot and change? Or this is what I'm accustomed to. And now I have to do something else. I don't know if I can. All of these questions and all of these doubts only mean that there's a new door opening in front of you. And if you believe in yourself, that is going to be the best gift that you can ever give to yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, find someone that believes in you, although you don't believe in them, so that they can help you start believing in yourself. Oh, I love that. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. I want to thank you so much for being here, Malva. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I know I talk very fast. <laughs> Well, they can always put it on repeat. They can listen again if they miss something. So it's okay. (laughs) So to our listeners, we'll see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Have a great week. Bye, everyone. Are you a daily journaler? Do you want more creativity in your day? We have two great creativity journals to start your day with. One for people who already have a journaling practice and one for people who are new to journaling. Both are an amazing way to start your day. Both make the perfect gift for a person in your life. Check out Have an Amazingly Creative Day and How Do I Have an Amazingly Creative Day. Both currently available on Amazon. Click the link below to purchase yours now.